Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good evening, Bucknutters. Well, what a catastrophe. No way to sugarcoat it. 45-23 Michigan. One of the most disappointing games I can ever remember from Ohio State. And I lived through the Cooper era. Um, I'm Dave Biddle. Welcome to What We Learned Live following Michigan's 45-23 win over Ohio State. Very disappointing for the Buckeyes. It looked great early. Buckeyes go right down the field. Boom, 81 yards, touchdown, 7-0. You're thinking, here we go. At the very least, Ohio State's going to win. Maybe they'll blow them out is what I was thinking. Very disappointing. Very dis- I haven't been this, this disappointed in an Ohio State game or team since 1996 Michigan. And that was only a four-point loss in the horseshoe, 13-9. But a lot of similarities with the 1996 game. Not with the score, necessarily, but you had your chance in the first half in 1996 to put them away. Three first and goals in the first half. Settle for field goals each time. It's 9 nothing at halftime. You're thinking, okay, at least they're leading. It's like today. Ohio State had a three-point lead at halftime. You're thinking, yeah, but it should be more. You look at the halftime stats. Ohio State had 100 more total yards than Michigan and had twice as much time of possession, and they're leading by three. That was a problem. At that point, the Buckeyes should have had a comfortable lead. And then they let Michigan get a lead, and then everybody starts panicking. I like Ryan Day, but that was that was John Cooper stuff. And now he's one and two against Michigan. Um, we're going to hear from Bill Curlick about recruiting later, about maybe the fallout from recruiting, or maybe there won't be. Thoughts on the guys that were there today, like Caleb Downs. We're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon. Live from Ohio Stadium following the post-game press conference, which I'm sure will be very interesting. Can't let this happen. Cannot let this happen. It, they didn't just lose. They got their ass kicked. And it's embarrassing. At home, get everything going for you. All right, if you're Ohio State, you're favored by nine. You're playing at home. Pristine conditions weather-wise. You have the revenge factor. Michigan's best player, Blake Corum, is out. Yeah, he played two plays. Their best player is out, who accounted for 38% of their touchdowns coming into the game. Michigan showed no ability to throw the ball down the field coming into the game, and you get your ass kicked. Inexcusable. Ohio State was outcoached. They were outplayed. And what are you going to say? Listen, I, I all offseason said Ohio State's going to take it to Michigan. I said it all during the season. So I was wrong. So if there's any Michigan fans watching this that want to take it to me, come at me. I deserve it because I said all offseason the Buckeyes were going to take it to you. I didn't think it was going to be close. And it turned out it was the exact opposite. I thought Ohio State was saving a lot for Michigan, you know, and Ohio State was going to come out with the – and it looked early like that was the case, Chip Traynham and everything, you know. But the Buckeyes folded, and Michigan took it to them, and it was terrible coaching. There was a fourth and three where the analytics say 100% of the time you go for it there, if you're Ryan Day, you're down 11, it's the fourth quarter, it's fourth and three. This is math. This is not my opinion. 
100% of the time, the analytics say go for it there. You're down 11, fourth and three. Punt. How many touchbacks did Jesse Murko have today with his worm burners? Everybody talking about how great Jesse Murko is. And has Parker Fleming done anything to impress you guys as, as special teams coach? Okay, so Lathan Ransom had a couple of uh, block kicks, block punts. Other than that, I mean, Ohio State special teams, what, 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 average at best? Not impressed with this coaching staff at all. You guys know I've talked up Jim Knowles. That was an abomination today. And abs- now, a lot of it was missed tackles, too. Some guys were in position, Cam Brown ripping the jersey. I mean, the corners had, like, in succession. They just took turns embarrassing each other. Um, Cam Brown started the party. You know, Denzel Burke. It was one after another with Ohio State's corners. Cam Martinez, corner slash safety. It was just like they were just taking turns looking like clowns. And listen, but it's more mostly on the coaches. I want to put this mostly on the coaches, not the players. I want to be clear about that, okay? This was a bad coach game. Jim Harbaugh outcoached Ryan Day, okay? Michigan's rookie offensive coordinators outcoached Jim Knowles. Can't happen. Cannot happen. Michigan's rookie defensive coordinator, not rookie overall, but at least first year at Michigan, Jesse Minter, 38-year-old son of former very mediocre University of Cincinnati coach Rick Minter, outcoached Ohio State. He, he outcoached Ryan Day. All right, let's bring in Bill Kerlick here, the dean of Ohio State football recruiting. All right, so before we talk about the game itself, recruiting, um, how does this affect the Buckeyes? Is there going to be a fallout, in your opinion, Bill, from this game? Well, I've always said that recruits almost never pick their school based on one game. I mean, they just don't do that, Um, you know. 35 years, I could probably, well, I know I could, uh, uh, on one hand, count the number of recruits that have told me, well, you know, they they picked their their school based on the outcome of that game. So for high State, that's a good thing uh, after today, obviously. But, you know, the, the way things went in the group of recruits, I mean, what happened has to hurt a little bit. It just has to because the, the atmosphere changed. You know, in the fourth quarter, if it was Ohio State winning by that margin, think of the atmosphere as compared to what it was in the stadium today. So, you know, I haven't talked to any of the recruits yet. Obviously, the game just ended uh, a little bit ago, and uh, they're they're finishing their visit or still on the visit or maybe just getting in the car to go home. And I'll be talking to a lot of recruits. And I think the positive side is that they will have seen a great atmosphere before the game and, and for the first half and all that. It's just that uh, uh, this will make it tougher, no question about it. Let's get into the nuts and bolts of recruiting. Um, Caleb Downs, let's get to the big names who are here today. Can you start with the 2023 kids who are here today and what you think is going to happen with them? Then we'll get to the 2024 kids. Well, the, obviously the, the big one is Caleb Caleb Downs. And, uh, you know, you have Damon Wilson, too. Those two guys are incredible Ohio State targets. You know, they're Caleb Downs is arguably the top football player in the country. Um, I said before the game that him coming to this game when he could have gone to the Alabama game, you know, to me, you know, that's that's certainly significant, hugely significant. I think that uh, Ohio State, I felt like when he got here, you know, maybe could be drawing even with Alabama and maybe be in a great position to flip him. And maybe they still can. Um, You know, he he basically had said going into this game or going into things that he wanted to see a game at all three of his finalists. He's seen a game in Alabama, obviously. He's committed there. He went to see the uh, uh, see Georgia play. uh, And then he wanted to get to Ohio State. It's just a shame that uh, things couldn't have gone better for Ohio State. Do I count Ohio State out now? No, no, I don't. Not at all. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher to flip him now uh, than if uh, everything would have went the way Buckeye Nation would have hoped it would have gone. Uh, as far as the 2024 guys, certainly uh, um, some of the top prospects on Ohio State's board um, for the class of 2024, uh, commitment-wise, you know, they – Ian Moore, for instance, and and uh, Garrett Stover, but uh, Mylon Graham, Stacy Gage, 
running back from Florida, Mylon Graham, wide receiver from Indiana. Uh, of course, those are two big-time names. Jordan Marshall, running back from Cincinnati. Now, if you're Jordan Marshall and, and you looked at what happened today and you're seeing Ohio State play a running back that just got moved from linebacker, at least the message is out there. We have a little depth issue here based on injuries and other things. So if you're Jordan Marshall, maybe, just maybe you go home saying, Ohio State's a great program. We know that. And I can play there quickly. You know, maybe he goes home thinking that. Again, I need to talk to these guys first. Ryan Montgomery, go to the class of 2025, uh, is Ohio State's quarterback target. So, you know, I, I really do need to talk to these guys first. But uh, but certainly, um, Ohio State is Ohio State, and they're going to recruit well. There's no question about that. I want to ask you about some of the other top guys in this 2023 class that Ohio State is still in on. Let's start with Keon Keeley, defensive end, number one defensive end in the country, five-star, number seven overall player in the country. Do, do you give the Buckeyes much of a shot with Keon Keeley? I don't think Ohio State's necessarily out of it, but the fact that um, uh, he was – as of yesterday, I was told yesterday morning, actually, that uh, he was not coming to the Ohio State game and that he was thinking uh, a, a lot about going to Alabama's game. So, you know, that's kind of a little bit of a red flag uh, when it comes to Keeley. Again, I don't think the Buckeyes are out of it. I just think that, uh, you know, they had hoped that they could get him up here. Uh, and the fact that he was thinking really that, he, he might go to the Alabama game. You know, I, I think Alabama's in the driver's seat there going into today. A couple other five-stars I want to ask you about. Samson Okanola, the offensive tackle. Okanola, excuse me, Samson Okanola. And then, of course, Damon Wilson, another uh, five-star uh, defensive end. How do the Buckeyes stand with both of those young men? Well, with Samson, I've not really ever felt that Ohio State was in a great position to get him. Um there's been so much talk about him making an official visit. It hasn't happened yet. It still could happen. You know, they can uh, host him, for instance, the weekend of December 10th, right before um, the start of the early signing period. So that's possible. But I really have never had a good feeling that he's going to end up at Ohio State, and I, and I still don't. Damon Wilson, on the other hand, I really – I've said all along, it's going to come down to Ohio State or Georgia. I still think that it is. Um, which way it's going to go now, you know – uh, going into today, I felt like Ohio State uh, would be in the driver's seat. You know, now I don't. I don't know. I, again, I need to you know get some reaction and, and see what his reaction is to today. But I think it'll still come down to Ohio State or Georgia for him. One more five star, Mateo. What's up with Mateo? You think he'll be a Buckeye? I know he. There's like no crystal balls. Like he's keeping it close to the vest here. What's up with <laughs> yeah, Mateo? No, nobody is ready to jump jump out or go out on that limb just yet. <laughs> like you said, there are not any crystal balls for him. Uh, I have liked where Ohio State stands uh, for him for some time. In my feature this morning of where I predicted guys, I predicted him to be at Ohio State. But he is still considering USC and Oregon. It's going to come down to one of those three schools, Ohio State, USC, and Oregon. And I think probably it's going to come down to Ohio State and USC. All right, let's talk some football before I get you out of here. Um, Ohio State football. Let's put recruiting aside for a moment. You and I both personally love Ryan Day and like him as a football coach. What does today do, though? I mean, this reminds me of the Cooper era, and I say this as someone who likes Ryan Day a lot, but I got to call him as I see him. That was embarrassing. They were outcoached. They were outplayed. Get everything going for you. You're at home. Nine-point favorite. Michigan's best player is out. You have the revenge factor. And you get your ass kicked. What does this say for Ryan Day? Well, also, I don't know, uh, uh, you know, what you think about this, but you know, you're staring now at a real possibility of losing three in a row to Michigan because you got to go up there next year, and they're going to have their quarterback back, and we still expect CJ Stroud to go to the NFL. So that's going to make things. And I'm not calling for. Uh, a Mich I'm not predicting a Michigan victory next year, uh, but you know it's certainly uh, it certainly today makes losing three in a row to Michigan possible. Unfortunately, if you win today, that's not that's not possible. So you know I, I think uh, it, it's it's really a, a much tougher situation now that uh, what's happened. And you know they, what really makes it tough too is the what happened in the second half. 
in the margin of the game. And, you know, if you lose a seven-point game, then I think you're still looking at a very real argument to get to the college football playoffs. But the way things went today, a whole lot tougher. And, you know, Dave, I I think that uh, the turning point to me in that game was when Ohio State had the ball in great field position, had that long play and got down, I think, around the 25-yard line, and then they get a holding penalty and then an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty changed everything dramatically to me. That's why I don't put it all on coaching. Like, I, it's equal parts. Everybody thinks I'm just putting this on Ryan Day. And we'll get to, I'm going to ask you about Jim Knowles, too. Equal parts. I was not impressed with the coaching or the playing. I mean, you had pre-snap penalties. Dewan Jones, I thought, killed a drive with the pre-snap penalty. You're right. I mean, just Ohio State with the penalties. I thought that the pass interference on Ronnie Hickman while by the book was a good call. That ball was completely uncatchable. He was throwing it away. Still yep. Hickman has to turn around. So Ohio State shot itself in the foot plenty. But with bad coaching and bad playing, let me ask you about Jim Knowles. I've talked him up all year, big time. Man, that was bad today. And it wasn't all him. He sometimes had his guys in place, and they just didn't make plays. Cam, the tackling was not good. But also the scheme wasn't good either. Michigan had wide-open receivers. All this talk, including from myself, that J.J. McCarthy can't throw the ball deep. Well, he could today. It's easy to throw the ball deep when you have wide-open receivers. Very disappointed in what I saw from Jim Knowles today. What are your thoughts? Yeah, just you can't give up all those big plays. You just you just can't that can't happen. And you know, you know, Dave, we've we've seen this the last couple of years, only we didn't see that really this year to the, the you know, we saw a great improvement defensively by Ohio State this year, and we didn't see all of the 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 huge chunk plays and the 40 point games and all that. It just kind of all collapsed today. And I think that uh you know, Jim Knowles, you know, he'll he'll definitely have to evaluate what happened today and make sure it doesn't happen again next year. All right, so let's talk more about – let's get back to recruiting before I let you go. Um, tell me something else we need to know about recruiting, 2023, 2024, anything you want to say about recruiting before we let you go, the dean. Well, the high stakes class is still a very good one. They're number six in the country in our rankings – if they could still pull up, you know, I'm not saying that they're not going to get Mateo or they're not going to get Caleb Downs or they're not going to get um, uh, Joshua Mickens, at the, the defensive end edge guy, making official visit and a couple other of these guys. If they get a few of those guys, it's going to be a top five class. It's now a matter of you got to close on them. And what happened today is not going to make it easier to close on them, but this staff is done a great job recruiting getting themselves in the game for some of these guys late now they've got to figure out a way to close on these guys and and, and get a top five class um they've got a good start on 2024 and you know i i think that they they've got to you know hopefully get a great backbone of ohio guys in the 2024 class garrett stover started it out with the ohio guys now they've got to get the rest of those guys that they really want and get the ball rolling, really rolling for 2024. I lied. Just before I let you go, just for those that are tuning in, the fallout from today from a recruiting standpoint, if any, from Ohio State standpoint, and then how much does this help Michigan, if at all? I know it's one game, but it was a monumental game. How much does this hurt Ohio State? How much does this help Michigan in recruiting, in your opinion? I think it, I think it's going to be hard, harder for the coaches. It, it's just going to be harder for the coaches now. And, and the positive news is these guys work really hard and are good at it. You know, Brian Hartline's as good as it gets when it comes to recruiting. There's no better recruiter in the country. Mark Piantoni is as good as it gets when it comes to uh, being in charge of recruiting. Uh, so it's going to, you know, it's going to come down to the coaches and really closing the deal uh, for these guys now that, uh, uh, this is going to make it a little bit tougher, though, but it can still get done. Well, thank you for your insights. I appreciate it, Bill. He is the dean of Ohio State football recruiting. Appreciate you giving your insights on recruiting and the team itself. You being a former football coach yourself, you know a lot about the sport. You're not just into recruiting. Um, <laughs> Back when I was a young guys. guy. Excuse me? Back when I was a young guy. You I still I was like a young guy, at least. <laughs> All right, well. Let's dust ourselves off. Man, it's going to be a long offseason again. Uh, appreciate it, Bill. Take care. All right. Thanks, Dave. Always a pleasure being with you. All right. Thank you.
He is the dean of Ohio State football recruiting. We will hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon. Post-game press conferences are going on right now. Uh, apparently, Ryan Day's portion just portion just wrapped up. Uh, I believe they are uh, speaking to assistant coaches and players right now. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Michigan fans in the comments right now. I don't blame you. Um, you know, go on your victory lap. I would, too. There's nothing we can say. If you have questions for me, fire away. I'll get to as many as I can. We have one. Where was Dallin Hayden? We've had a few like this. This is from Ursula on Facebook. Where was Dallin Hayden? I expected more out of him, too. I will say, though, that um, I thought Chip Trainum was looking good, though. I don't think that was the problem. I just think, you know, they just they had too many drive stall, dropped passes, Marvin Harrison Jr. overall played a great game again, but had his first drop pass of the season, of course. Um, third down situations, Omeka had a drop. Just Ohio State shot itself in the – it was just like, again, the weather aside this time, it was like a perfect storm for Michigan. Michigan did not make mistakes. Ohio State did. They were dropping passes. They had timely, untimely penalties. Very, very, very disappointing. Lynn's breezy. How do we start out on fire and then three and a half quarters look like a totally different team the rest of the game? That's exactly right, Lynn's. Like Ohio State came out on fire, and it's almost as if they got it. Not almost as if. When they got up 7-0, it's like they played not to lose. The rest of the game, even when they were trailing, they played not to lose. Until they got down like 11 when it was too late. Even when they were down four, they were playing not to lose. Okay, they got up 7-0. And then from then they're playing not to lose. Not going. Remember when CJ was like, we got to go for it here on fourth down. We got to go for it on fourth down. And they didn't. It was like fourth and four. I'm not even talking about the, the late one that I was talking about where the analytics say 100% of the time you go for it on fourth and three late in the game. I'm talking early in the game when CJ was like, let's go for it on fourth and four. And they don't go for it. They get a penalty and then they kick it in the end zone for like what? Like it would have been like what a 24 yard net, just absolute terrible coaching there. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around, my friends. A lot of blame. They played passive as hell. And at times when the coaches drew things up well, they didn't execute. And Michigan did not make mistakes. And Michigan's coaches outcoached Ohio State. I never thought I'd say that. Michigan has two first-year offensive coordinators, co-offensive coordinators. There was talk that they didn't really mesh well together. You know, Could they even come up with a good game plan in a big game like this? Michigan had wide receivers running like you know, they were like in Westerville running free. Unbelievable. Running, they could have ran a moral tower and no one, no one was covering them. It's unbelievably embarrassing. It's one thing to lose the game. That would have been terrible enough. Ohio State got their ass kicked and got embarrassed. After what happened last year, and everything was in their favor this year, Ohio State. Everything was in their favor, and they still got their ass kicked. Credit to Michigan. They outplayed them and they outcoached them on the road with the Ohio State having the revenge factor. I hate tipping my cap to Michigan, but you have to. You have to. What are you going to do? They were the better team. They were the better coach team. They played better. J.J. McCarthy can't throw the ball down the field until today. You don't have to worry about Jim Knowles leaving for a head coaching job, do you? No, you don't. He's fortunate he's making $2 million being the defensive coordinator here after that terrible performance. You, you came here for one thing, man. You didn't come here to beat Iowa, okay? You didn't come here to beat Wisconsin, all right? You came here to beat Michigan, and you got smoked. Listen, Ryan Day's making $9.5 million a year. Jim Knowles is making $2 million a year. They just got taken outside the woodshed by Jim Harbaugh and his rookie coordinators. Okay, rookie coordinators. And they're not making two million dollars a year like Knowles is. That was embarrassing. Unbelievable. And yeah, I don't know what Tim Walton's doing. This is harsh, but it's true. Steven on Facebook, excuse me, Steven on YouTube. Tim Walton was a player for John Cooper and he coaches like John Cooper. Harsh, but true. I mean, the corners have been a huge disappointment this year. Denzel Burke has regressed. At what point do you blame that on coaching? Now you do. At some point, it's like, oh, maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe they'll get it figured out. And then they get their ass whooped by Michigan. 
against a Michigan team that's been shaky a lot of this year, my friends. Shaky. Shaky in the first half. As soon as you gave them momentum, that was the problem. Buckeyes had a chance to put them away, and they couldn't do it. Stop with the fire Ryan Day stuff. I'm not here for that. I'm pissed off, too. Stop with the fire Ryan Day. First of all, it's not going to happen. Second of all, it shouldn't. I'm upset, too. But stop with that. I know we have a lot of people in the comments saying, fire Ryan Day, bring in Luke Fickle. Stop with that. Three years. I know I'm pissed off too. And he, he, listen, this is, this is, can't happen. But I'm not ready to let, like, there's no, first of all, it's no way uh, Gene Smith is going to do it. Second of all, I'm not ready to let go of Ryan Day yet. Despite what happened today, I can't even believe I'm saying this after what I just watched. I still long term believe in him. There's something about him I believe in, despite this embarrassing performance that we saw today. So we'll see. Um, but I'm not ready to move on from Ryan Day yet. And what are you going to do? I mean, last time I checked, Luke Fickle was 9-3 and three this year at Cincinnati. You guys think Luke Fickle is going to come in here and just, like, magically be a great coach? Listen, Luke Fickle just lost to Tulane yesterday, okay? Stop it. How about just beat Jim Harbaugh? He's not that good of a coach. Unbelievable. We have some people saying bring Urban back. I tell you one thing. I don't, you know. I, I would have said that was crazy. Like, one thing Urban would do, he, the, the toughness in this program that they talk about, they wouldn't need to talk about it with Urban. And there'd be some other bullshit involved with Urban, but, like, they wouldn't need to talk about toughness. They would just be tough. Like, Urban, there was no, like, there was no country club atmosphere at all. Like, it was toughness, 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 and some things that probably shouldn't have happened. But, like, you never had to worry about toughness with Urban. Like, 7-0 and says it all. I'll say this, Jim Tressel. Never would have let this happen, though. Never would have let this happen. There was all this talk about what's Ryan Day saving for Michigan and all this. Like, Jim Tressel never got out coached by Michigan. He did lose one game, but that Michigan team, I think, was more talented than Ohio State in 2003. And it was still a tight game at Michigan Stadium with Ohio State getting banged up. But, like, Krenzel got hurt. Although, McMullen came in there and actually played better than Krenzel, but I digress. That was the one game Tressel lost, and they still, like, you know, were like, you know, they, you know, blow for blow with Michigan at Michigan Stadium. Trestle nine nine and one against a lot of good Michigan teams, by the way. Trestle won a few games where he was the underdog. Day was a nine point favorite today at home. Rent right. I keep saying it. I mean, let's talk about all the advantages Ohio State had today. You're at home for the first time in four years. You have the revenge factor. You're favored by nine. Michigan's best player cannot play, and you still get your ass beat. It's inexcusable. We'll hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon eventually from the post-game press conference. I'm sure it's a delightful press game, post-game press conference. We have some people saying hire Vrabel. Why in the world would Mike Vrabel leave the Tennessee Titans where he doesn't have to deal with recruiting to deal with everything that's nonsensical in college football right now? You think Mike Vrabel, of all people, wants to deal with – I almost said a word I should have said – freaking NIL and freaking everything else recruiting when he can just coach the Tennessee Titans and just draft players and just sit back and ha- enjoy the offseason and make just as much money. There's as much chance of me being the next Ohio State coach as Mike Vrabel. There's no way in hell he'd, he'd take that job. First of all, Gene Smith is not going to offer him the job. But there's, uh, I'll say there's a better chance of me being the next head coach of Ohio State than Mike Vrabel. There's no way he would leave an NFL head coaching job to come deal with all the bullshit you have to deal with in college football. Tell you what, we made fun of Jim Harbaugh for not dealing with it well, right? You know, I was like saying that too, right? Uh, oh, it's transformational, not transactional. Who's laughing now? Okay, Michigan's laughing because that was an that was an embarrassing performance for Ohio State. Embarrassing. If Listen, if you're a young person watching this show and you've heard about the Cooper era, now you know exactly what the Cooper era feels like. You, you've heard about it. Now you know what it feels like. It feels exactly like this. Two straight years. Let's not make it three like Bill Curlick said, or worse. Let's go down a big time John Cooper path. Let's not get it twisted, though. Everybody's saying Ryan Day's John Cooper. John Cooper was 2-10-1 against Michigan and 3-8 and eight in bowl games. Well, let's just pump the brakes on that. Two, 10, and one. Okay, Ryan Day is one and two. Not good. He didn't get his chance in 2020. Not good. Not good. But I'm not ready to pull the plug on Ryan Day yet. 
Uh, but I'm not – say I'm not happy is not even doing it justice. I'm upset. It's, what happened today cannot happen. All right, let's get back to some questions here. Unbelievable. Yeah, the defensive backs were terrible today. We've got a lot of comments about the DBs. Cedric on Facebook sums up what a lot of people have said. I just chose to put Cedric's up there because I saw it. The DBs are bad tacklers. They're also bad in coverage. So what, what they lack in tackling skills, they make up for for being awful in coverage. Terrible. I would say you have to laugh so you don't cry, but I have no ability to laugh right now. I'm so mad I can't even cry. Sometimes you either need to be sad or happy to cry. I'm so mad I can't cry right now. Just pissed off. How could you not be pissed off? That was as embarrassing of a performance as you could possibly see from a team. Embarrassing. You get smacked by 22 at home when you're favored by nine. You get up seven nothing right away. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. So, like, well, so bad coaching, poor discipline by the players, poor execution by the players, drop passes, other things. You know, I mean, the penalties were inexcusable after the play, headbutting guys, pre snap penalties on the offensive line. Dewan Jones, he had to go out with a, a pre snap penalty. What's that? What, I mean, just unbelievable. A senior. So undisciplined, poorly coached, and didn't play well. Other than that, everything went well. See, that's how like, it adds up to getting your ass kicked by Michigan. A Michigan team that will now go on to the playoffs and will get their ass kicked. And we'll see they're not even that good, just like last year. It's not that Michigan is a juggernaut. It's that Ohio State is not good. Okay? Michigan beat Ohio State's ass last year, too. What happened to Michigan in the playoffs? They got their ass beat. What that say about Ohio State? Not good last year. Oh, but at least they beat Utah by three in the consolation game that was the Rose Bowl. Good thing for Ohio State is they get to go to another consolation Rose Bowl this year. The consolation Rose Bowl game in Pasadena. Just absolutely. Somebody's asking if Ohio State should go to the playoffs. Vegas is now, a lot of people are asking if they should go to the playoffs. Vegas on Facebook is saying OSU should not go to the playoffs because they'd get embarrassed. I don't know if they'd get embarrassed. They don't deserve to get in the playoffs. Knowing them, if they snuck in, they'd probably actually do damage. But they don't, they're not, first of all, they're not going to go to the playoffs after getting smacked like that at home. It wasn't just like they got beat by like a field goal. Awful. They got smacked. So you don't have to worry about it. Those that are asking, should will they get in? No. If they get in, will they get embarrassed? Doesn't matter because they won't get in. Just absolutely terrible. Hank on YouTube, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Exactly. You don't need to worry about it. They won't get in. They won't get in. Wow. I, listen, listen. Jim Harbaugh questioned Ryan Day's manhood. Said he was born on third base and thought he hit a triple. And Ryan had 360 days, 365 days of stew on that. And look at the result. Michigan wins by 22. Absolutely terrible. Hell, Bo Schembechler and uh, Lloyd Carr never even said anything like that to John Cooper before embarrassing him. They just embarrassed him. Harbaugh called his shot. And I said all offseason, oh, easy for Harbaugh to say that. He thought he was out the door to the Vikings. He still came back there and called his shot. Damn. Michael on YouTube saying Day, Day clearly was born on third. It's hard not to say that now, is it? Looked like a uh, one-year wonder last year, like a one-year aberration, right? Now it's a trend. And it wasn't close today, my friends. It wasn't close. Ohio State had their chance early to put them away, in my opinion. Relatively speaking, if they would have got up by two scores, I think Ohio State would have put them away. But they got up 7-0, and from that point on, Ohio State played not to lose. Even when they got down, they were playing not to lose. So tight, so tentative. I mean, and there's the thing is, like, it's like 
unfortunately, or I don't know how you want to look at it, like it, there's plenty of blame to go around. It's not like you got to blame it on this. Players didn't play well. Coaches didn't coach well. Just unbelievable all the way around. I mean, you got some guys on this coaching staff that are fantastic, and some guys that are, I wonder how are they even on the coaching staff. Like, what does Parker Fleming do? Like, what has the special teams done that are special the last two years? Seems like, if anything, it's like a stalemate or the Buckeyes get the raw end of the deal on special teams. I'm not talking about Noah Ruggles kicking field goals, okay? That has nothing to do with the special teams coach. Just some of those punts were terrible today. Unbelievable. Why why are you returning the opening kickoff? It didn't matter. They end up going down and getting a touchdown. Instead of just having the fair catch, getting at the 25, you're getting stuffed at the 19. Just bad. Yeah, we got a lot of people saying they just got dominated. Yeah, exactly right. Emmanuel saying Parker Fleming has to go. I mean, he's I don't I don't think they're gonna fire the special teams coach, but I don't know how you you don't go out and find the best of the best. You talk about best in America and you're promoting quality control coaches. Quarterback's coach is a former quality control coach. You know, is he the best of the best? Is he the best in America? I don't know. That is you know, that's what they say. I don't say that. They say we're, we want to be best in America at everything. Is promoting a quality control coach to special teams coach the best in America? You guys tell me. Bucknuts, 88. Knowles really let me down. No adjustments. I mean, both sides, no adjustments. Who made halftime adjustments? Michigan. Who did not? Ohio State. Or whatever adjustments they made didn't work. Michigan completely dominated the first or the second half. Completely dominated it. Again, listen, Ohio State, like, they had their chance. You know, they had their chance in the first half, and they couldn't put it away. Only leading by three at halftime when you have 100 more total yards than Michigan and you have double the time of possession. That spelled trouble, and Michigan took advantage of it. Again, even though the score is not similar, those who remember the game will know what I'm talking about. This is a lot like the 1996 Ohio State-Michigan game. A lot like it. Buckeyes were number two in the country in that game, too. And that game took them out of uh, contention. Now this game took them out of contention. You gotta when you have a chance against a, a good team like Michigan, you gotta put them away. You gotta put them away. You gave them life. You gave them, all of a sudden their sideline was hyped after that Cornelius Johnson touchdown. Cam Brown whiffing, fifth year senior out there whiffing on a tackle, awful. Jack Sawyer too slow to get the tackle. Hey, tip your cap to Michigan. Michigan outplayed them and outcoached them. Rick on Facebook, we were not aggressive at all. Other than the first drive of the game, offensively they were not. You could say the defense was maybe too aggressive at times in the first half, and then they then they played off and played passive, then tried to ranch it up again and then got burned. But you're right. I mean, I've said this. After Ohio State got up 7-0, the Buckeyes were very passive. They played not to lose after getting up 7-0. Very, very disappointing. Very disappointing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, Tim Walton seems like a good um, recruiter. We have a lot of people asking about Tim Walton. We have my friend Hugh here on uh, YouTube asking about Tim Walton. He said, Tim Walton should be showed, shown the door. Terrible corner play all year. Yeah, he's probably not going to get fired after one year. He's also a very good recruiter. But, um, you know, a lot of fire Ryan Day comments. Listen, I know. I get it. I know I'm being, like, uh, reactive as well. But they're not going to fire Ryan Day. And I don't think they should. Okay. And first of all, what are you gonna, who are you going to bring in? Luke Fickle? You guys convinced Luke Fickle would come in here? I, I just said this, like, but it, for those that are just tuning in, everybody's like, just bring in Luke Fickle, who was nine and three this year at Cincinnati, just lost to Tulane. Quit acting like Luke Fickle would come in here and Ohio State would be a juggernaut. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. They've got, listen, all around, they got to clean this stuff up. Okay. This offseason program with Mickey Marotti we were talking about was great this year. Wasn't great enough, apparently, okay? All the way around. You can't put blame on one thing or another. And if you fire Ryan Day and bring in Luke Fickle, um, okay. That's not going to fix anything. Another Mike Vrabel comment. Again, why would Mike Vrabel leave the Tennessee Titans where he's making as much money as he could ever want to make in his life, doesn't have to deal with recruiting, doesn't have to deal with NIL to come to Ohio State and deal with all this. There's no way he would. No way. And by the way, last time I checked, uh, the Titans were 7-3. and three. 
It's not like he's like, you know, struggling to do well in the NFL. They were in the AFC championship game a few years ago. They would have been in the AFC championship game last year, if not for the Cincinnati Bengals who beat them, who they play tomorrow, by the way. I'm sure to make this a hell of a weekend, the, the Bengals and Browns will lose tomorrow too. Won't that be fun, my friends? Goodness gracious. Another Luke Fickle. Bring back Luke Fickle. Again, Michael. Michael, bring back Luke Fickle to the shoe from Facebook. Luke was 9-3 and three at Cincinnati this year. Why do you think Luke would come in here and be better than Ryan Day? Why would you think he would be coming here and do better than Ryan Day? I think you got to aim higher than that. First of all, Ryan Day is going to stay no matter what. It doesn't matter. You got to get, but if, if the time does come and you move on, or maybe Luke will prove me wrong, I think you got to aim higher than that. Of course, Luke has better talent, or Ohio State has better talent. People are saying, well, Ohio State has better talent than Cincinnati. Well, he's playing Tulane and not Michigan, okay? He lost Tulane. He didn't lose to Michigan. Tulane also has lesser talent. Stop it. All right, Patrick Murphy from the Horseshoe. All right, as an embarrassing performance as I can remember from Ohio State, and I lived through the Cooper era, what was the press game, uh, post-game press conference like, Patrick? Emotional. Uh, obviously pretty disheartening. Uh, you know, I mean, whether you're the players in there, whether you are the coaches that come in, I mean, even the media people, you, you recognize that this wasn't what anyone expected, right? Um, you know, even talking to our Michigan people this week, they were not predicting Ohio State to win. I don't, I don't know if any of them, uh, the ones I talked to anyway, did. So, you know, I mean, it's it's a lot of, you you know, you need to look at the film and you need to, uh, you know, evaluate things. And, and certainly a lot needs to be evaluated because that was as poor of a performance as this team has obviously had all year. But really, I mean, that was... That was similar to, to what we saw last year, and that was supposed to be fixed, right? They were supposed to have the defensive issues fixed. They were clearly many of them a day, and then the offense didn't do its part either. And, and you know, that's maybe even more concerning because that has not been an issue for this team much, if ever, since Ryan Day's been here. So, uh, you know, a lot to go back and look at, I think, over these next couple weeks, this offseason, you know, however long the Buckeyes really have. What stood out? Was there any, like, what was the, like, the toughest question? I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to put you on the spot like this, or you don't have to name one thing, but what was, like, the, the toughest question Ryan Day answered? Was there, like, a – I can't wait to watch the press conference. I, was, I had it on mute. What was, like, the toughest question he answered? Was there, like, a – you know, like, a, like a, a moment that really stood out from a friction standpoint? Just anything like that? I, I mean, Coach Day was asked about, um, you know, the, the fact that they, they've shifted this whole defense – um, you know, and obviously the past defenses has been an issue all year. You know, it was he, he didn't give a lot of answers that I think people will, you know, like. It's it's a lot of coach speak from him right now. Um, I asked Jim Knowles directly about, look, you were brought here pretty much after that loss to Michigan last year was when this all kick started. I mean, it was December 6th, December 7th, whenever it was that they hired Jim Knowles. So they didn't even wait till after the Rose Bowl. And, uh, you know, it was not that it was only the Michigan game, but that was certainly a catalyst. And, you know, I asked him, you know, what is your response to coming out and, and playing pretty much as poorly as they did a year ago defensively against Michigan, different ways is how it happened. You know, he said he takes full responsibility for, for this um, and he's got to figure out ways to get better. The beautiful uh, internet at the Ohio State. Oh, yeah, we got him back. Okay. Yeah, I think I walked far away from the Wi-Fi. Um, let's be clear. We all talked about how great Jim Knowles was this year and how great he was. But we all gave a lot of praise to Jim Knowles this year. So there were some good things, but this was just certainly not, not what the Buckeyes expected. They expected to win this game, and he was supposed to be a catalyst for that as opposed to a reason that they lost a second straight to Michigan and now everything that falls out from that. We'll get Steve Hellwagon in here in a moment. Patrick, I've I've been spreading the blame around. That's one thing about this game. You can't just play 
This is one of the worst coach games I can remember. I thought the players didn't play well. There were drop passes, pre-snap penalties, post-play penalties, headbutting guys. Um, so the players didn't play or execute well. The coaches didn't play well. I thought Ohio State was very passive. I mean, plenty of blame to go around. I mean, where? I mean, just speak on that. Where do you put the most blame at here? No, I think you're spot on. Steve and I were just talking uh, as as I left the the press room, and that's what we said was like this doesn't fall on any one person, any one side of the ball. I mean, you know, you, you start in the first half where you don't score enough points. If you're up big at halftime, this is a different game. CJ Stroud said that um, in, in the post game interview room, they, they left points on the board and that is both coaching, but there were also some plays that weren't made by, by the players on the field. You know, Marvin Harrison dropped a pass for the first time all season. First time, I believe in his career at Ohio state. So it was, it was kind of that kind of day um, for, for the Buckeyes, and you kind of sensed that a little bit at halftime, even though they were winning. Second half, obviously, the big plays continued. Jim Knowles is supposed to be able to adjust. Uh, these, these defensive backs coach were supposed to have these guys, you know, turning their head. And, uh, you know, I think, I think we could do a whole podcast on just that question alone and, and kind of touch on where all the blame falls because, you know, this, this wasn't just – like last year where I think the offense was really good. And, and, yeah, you can question the toughness and whatnot, but it was clearly a defensive issue. No, they, they, they had problems all over. And, you know, C.J. Stroud said, and, and, and I sort of agree with him, but I sort of disagree that, you know, this one game doesn't define this team. But it does. It's college football. You lose a game, your season can be done that quickly. And that's just kind of how it works in this sport. And this might, that might be the case with the Buckeyes. There is a small chance that things fall their way and they could still make the college football playoff. But I said to Steve before the press conference even started, as an Ohio State fan, you say you do go in and somehow you, know, you get your stuff together and, and you win a national championship. Does it feel right to win a national championship after Michigan just dismantled you on your home field like that? First time since 2000. Uh, Steve looked up. I don't remember the date. The, the last time they lost by this much at home. I mean – this is embarrassing, frankly, if, if you're an Ohio State fan, player, coach, anything like that. So, you know, this this game will define this team. This game will define these players. It will define Ryan Day a lot. He's now lost two in a row. Um, you know, I'm getting long-winded here, but it, that's what this game means. And especially when everything's on the line, you know, everyone loves it when it's one versus two or two versus three and, you know, Curtis Samuel scores or, or Beanie Wells is running down the field that way and, and you win the game, but... When you lose that game, now you're on the Michigan side of things. Things have flipped in this in this series. Um, you know, now now the Buckeyes are feeling what Michigan felt for ten years, and uh, you know, obviously you don't want it to go on that long, but that's really where where Ohio State is right now, and it's alarming. Well, thank you, Patrick, for your insights. We're going to bring in Steve Hellwagon. Thank you very much, Patrick Murphy. Appreciate you. All right, see you guys. See you guys. I will not oh, see not you in Indy, as it turns out. Steve Hellwagon, um, you've seen a lot of great Ohio State wins over the years. You've seen a lot of bad Ohio State losses over the years. To me, Steve, this ranks right up there with some of the most embarrassing losses in Ohio State history, and that's no hyperbole. With everything on the line, the revenge factor, you're favored by nine, you're at home, Michigan's best player is not playing, and you get your ass kicked by 22. Yeah, this was uh, every kind of way ugly it could possibly be, and then some. Um, you know, uh, there's so much to unpack here. It's kind of hard to to, uh, to um, wonder where to start. And I think for a lot of the fan base that's probably fatigued by this this thing, that um, you know, these are these are elementary mistakes that teams make in bitty ball that we saw today and, uh, you know, just, uh, just mistakes, just, just is, is, I mean, there's so much I could say. The first thing is they talk about competitive stamina and competitive excellence and uh, physicality. And for the first quarter and a half, they had all that in spades. 
and they should have been up in this game 17 or 21 to nothing to start the game. And instead, it was like 7 to nothing, 7 to 3, 10 to 3, just kind of messing around. I know Michigan's got the best defense in the country, and I know in the red zone, uh, that's where the yardage is going to be the absolute toughest to get. But I didn't think Ohio State made any kind of concerted effort after they got ahead 7 to nothing to put the ball in the end zone. On those two series that I asked Coach Day about, they run a screen on both of them on first down. One of them got zero, I think, to Xavier Johnson, uh, where he came in motion, was going to fake like he was getting that end around again and instead cut back out, caught the pass, was lucky to get back to the line of scrimmage. And then on the next one, they threw the screen to Mecca Buka, a very long throw from one side of the field to the other. He lost three yards. Now you're behind and down in distance in the red zone at their 34-yard line, wherever it was. Two golden scoring opportunities. And um, then on second and long on both of those series, they ran the ball with Mayan Williams for nothing, like one yard, two yards. I don't think Mayan Williams was healthy. Obviously, after a while, they stopped playing him altogether, went chip tree on him full bore, which, again, what's Dallin Hayden got to do? I mean, two 100-yard games in a row. He looked pretty good when they put him in there here a couple times today, but they were scared to death to play the kid for whatever reason. I don't know. Chip Triana must have had one hell of a week of practice to get whatever number of carries he had in this game. Good for him. So that kind of unpacks some of my thought that this game was initially lost in the first half when they didn't grab control of it and be up at least 17 to nothing. I mean, they take a chip shot field goal to get the 10 and then they turn it over on downs at the 34 yard line on fourth down. And it, to me, it's like, man, Oh man. Uh, you know, you, you, you blew the chance there, bud. And next thing I know, they're bringing an all out blitz at McCarthy and he makes him pay, puts it out there to his guy. His guy makes one man miss and is gone. Uh, they also had the deep play down the middle uh, Cam Martinez got twist turn upside down on the out cut, and then uh, the receiver, Kate Johnson, came back inside. I mean, this was the high fever follies for the uh, secondary today. I got to tell you, uh, this was as bad a game as an Ohio State secondary has ever played back to the Vinnie Clark days, and that's taken in a lot of real estate. I mean, beaten and beaten badly time and time again, missed tackles, bad coverages, bad penalties, you name it. Uh, they did it. And uh, going back to competitive stamina, Dave, 60-minute uh, game, uh, fourth quarter is ours. Uh, they toughness, flat out quit. Toughness, 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 they, toughness. they flat out quit in the fourth quarter. And I get it. Defense had been kind of left for dead because the offense didn't move the ball that great in the second half and didn't keep them in the game. But to give up a 75-yard touchdown and an 85-yard touchdown, that's something that Indiana does to Ezekiel Elliott. For Ezekiel Elliott. That's not something Ohio State has ever in the history of this sport done for the University of Michigan. And uh, they got some deep seated issues here. Uh, you know, um, there need to be some personnel changes on the staff, very honestly. Uh, Ryan Day's got to reconsider what they're trying to do offensively. Uh, CJ Stroud, on one hand, you say, oh, he's a warrior, he's a great whatever. You know, we're now to the end of his two-year run. They missed a window. They didn't win a national championship in his two-year run. Best throwing quarterback they may have ever had, and uh, they missed that window, other than maybe Haskins, maybe Fields. I don't know. You guys decide. I really don't give a crap at this hour who the best quarterback was in Ohio State history because it really doesn't amount to a hill of beans. I'll tell you who the best ones were. It won't go down. CJ Stroud I'll tell tell you who the best ones were. Rex Kern and Craig Krenzel. And, and Troy Smith and, and Troy Smith and Cardale Jones. That that yep. that'll that'll just tell you who the best quarterbacks in. Oh, you're history. talking national champion winners. Yeah, I so exactly. Troy came just close, don't, but he was a Michigan. He was a Michigan Slayer. Like yes, a Michigan yes. Slayer was Troy exactly. Smith. So okay. so as I look at it, uh, Larry Johnson is an institution, but I think his time That's has time. passed. I his, agree. His time has passed, and I love Larry Johnson to death. Uh, but he doesn't I think, know who his best players are, man. I think it's time to move on. I think they wanted to move on last year and they didn't. 
And it was because he was bringing in Hero Canoe and all these big-time defensive linemen who did all this production out here today. You saw it. You saw all this great production out here today. They never got – they never laid a hand on J.J. McCarthy the entire day, and he picked their ass apart. So, you know, take that any way you want. But uh, last week against Maryland, the pass rush and the coverage were not married. They were not married. Tyloa Tagovailoa picked them apart and nearly upset them last week at Maryland had they not, you know, had some good fortune fall into their lap a couple times, they would have lost that game. This is something that's been kind of bubbling beneath the surface. They had five sacks, but, you know, other than the strip sack came after the game had been decided. Okay. The game, they're on their own five yard line. You're ahead by three points or six points, whatever. They're on their five yard. They cannot win that game. They're not going 95 yards in 20 seconds. The strip sack meant nothing. It was just window dressing on a turd is what that was. So, one of the sacks last week was was uh, uh, the safety Proctor tackled the quarterback on a scramble for a one yard loss, and he gets credit for a sack. Give me a break. He had two sacks last week against Talia Tagovailoa. He had none today. So don't give me this. So we got what we got up front. I've been writing about it. I wrote about it. If anybody read what I wrote, I said. The pass rush has got to marry up to the coverage in both instances were awful today. And I already led into the, the secondary a little bit as well. This again, we come back to when you have a team of guys from out of state, you know, in the rivalry game, chips are down. Which way are these guys going to go? Which way are they going to go? And we saw today they went the wrong way. So, uh, other things I will just touch on, and I don't want to keep Dave. He's been on here probably for over an hour now, probably an hour and a half, But uh, and everybody watching, and I apologize. But uh, I know there's a lot of people hurting today because there were a lot of high expectations for this team to go and do something special this year, and they just missed their window on C.J. Stroud. Barring a miracle, which would mean LSU loses, USC loses, Alabama probably has to lose now. I mean, that's five, six, and seven. I mean, they could be ranked below Alabama if Alabama beats Auburn. Auburn with two losses. They could be ranked below them. Uh, we know that Clemson's out now, so that's that one's done. They need some help to get back into the playoff now. They need – I don't know about TCU. If TCU lost, that's – that that's that could help them as well, certainly. But uh, You don't you deserve need, it. I don't, I don't want them in the playoff. They didn't what, just lose they, today. They, they got embarrassed at They didn't play Georgia. They, they, they should, they should just, just the four seed. They should just turn themselves in. Like just no, we're no, no. We got embarrassed at home against Michigan. There's no way we're gonna even allow ourselves to be in the playoffs. That was an embarrassment. They do not deserve to be in the playoff. I do not want them in the playoff. That was an absolute embarrassment today. Yeah, the alternative's probably the stupid Rose Bowl again. Yeah, no one cares. And, you know, nobody cared last year. They're gonna care even less this time. The only way they wouldn't go to the Rose Bowl is if the committee somehow ranked, you know, jilted the rankings and put Penn State ahead of them, even though they beat Penn State head to head. Uh, and Penn State's got two losses to Ohio State's one because the highest ranked Big Ten team, unfortunately, that's not in the playoff has to go to the stupid Rose Bowl. I love the Rose Bowl. I apologize to the Tournament of Roses, but I used to love the Rose Bowl. It's a relic. <laughs> it's it's now become the Citrus Bowl, unfortunately. So at any rate. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. A lot of, you know, worst home loss to Michigan since a 22 to nothing loss in 1976. And it matches the worst loss at home to Michigan all the way back to 1946 when they lost a game here 58 to 6. So you think we got problems here today? Just imagine, you know, Wex Bixler or whoever was the coach back then, whoever. Was in charge of that godforsaken. Nineteen forty-six. No oh, Montezuma on that God. team. There's uh, no Montezuma then. There's no Montezuma now. Yeah. There's no revenge at all for Ohio yeah. State. Yeah. This was a total embarrassment. This was an absolute abject total embarrassment. You know, soup to nuts, A to Z, one to twenty. Uh, last thing I'll say is first what first or second drive of the second half. Harbaugh comes right out. Fourth and one on his own 34. They go for it. Ohio State twice. Fourth down in Michigan territory in the second half. Did they go for it? No, 
and no. And Stroud was pissed. So we reap what we sow. You know, we reap what we sow. So uh, one team came in, nothing to lose, freewheeling, laid all of their chips on the table, put their things on the table, and uh, gambled their things. And uh, winner take all. They scooped all the chips. All right. Well, I, go write a very fun story, I'm sure. Um, goodness gracious. I hope the uh, the post-game, uh, later on, the post-game beverages treat you well because – C.J. Stroud asked him – my question after the game was, okay, you need a lot of help to get in the playoff. How do you bring this team back to, to potentially get into the playoff? Barring that, barring you don't get the help and you get sent to the Rose Bowl or a New Year's Six Bowl – would you play in that game? He was non-committal, said he'd have to sit down and think about it. Uh, I had one friend text me and said he hopes this was the end of the line for him, and he moves on, and Ohio State gets a chance to season somebody for next year. So if it's the Rose Bowl, if it's the playoff, obviously, uh, you know, you figure it'd be all hands on deck for that. But, uh, yeah, what a disappointing season as it turned out. No Jackson Smith, the Jigba all season. And, uh, you know, would he have made a difference here today? I don't know that he necessarily would have. I don't know what else the offense other than, I mean, you know, you, when you don't give your playmakers a chance to make plays in the red zone, who needs playmakers, you know? So that's that's my takeaway on offense from today. One more thing. I, I don't feel like this was really on CJ. Like, not that he played great. I, I thought this was mostly on, like, there was drop passes there was just – I thought the play calling left a lot to be desired. And the defense and the special teams. Not that CJ played perfect. Don't get me wrong. Well, I'm not as down on CJ as I'm seeing some people are saying, like, just good riddance, he's gone. Like, No, I agree. I agree. And I, I certainly don't feel like that. I think he's been a very good player for Ohio State, no doubt. Again, um, this was a game that maybe would have changed had he kept the ball and ran it a few times. And – uh, you know, helped out a little bit in the running game. I think there would have been – because when they had it down on the goal line for Michigan, Bill Conley leans in and goes quarterback run right here. And by God, did J.J. McCarthy fake that handoff to the Edwards who'd been gashing them, and he walked. He walked into the end zone. That's coaching. Michigan, yeah. Michigan schemed that up. Ohio State should have had that. They had one where they would have had an easy touchdown from C.J. if he would have kept the ball. And you could say that's on C.J. for not keeping – Sometimes the coaches just got to say, dude, keep the ball on this one. They're not going to give you any respect. Yeah. I'll let you go, man. I'm sorry. I kept you longer than I intended. No, we're all good. I mean, it's, you know, a noon game. I've got nowhere really I need to be. It's not dinner time just yet. we got plenty of time to uh, to talk about this thing. And Patrick and I will put some stuff on the site. And, uh, you know, everybody's hurting, man. I get it. But let's, uh, you know, let's, let's don't be – let's don't attack each other. Let's don't uh, – you know, per, keep any comments, you know, don't make it personal. Just make it, make it that, you know, it, it, it make it constructive criticism and everything else. But, uh, and I agree, stop with the fire Ryan day stuff as you just posted. I mean, the man is uh, 31 and two against the big 10 conference. Uh, there are a million coaches coaching 135 teams in the country that wish they had won 31 of their last 33 conference games. It just so happens that, the two losses are to your bitter rival. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? What can you do? So, can't do anything uh, now. You just, just got to go like, just go back to work. That's all they can do. You just got to swallow that pill now again. Jeez. That's, 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 that's a tough one to swallow, but they have to do it now. It's going to be another 365 days till they get a chance to, at revenge. And that'll be in Ann Arbor, as Bill Curley pointed out, as we all know, with uh, Michigan starting quarterback returning and Ohio State having a new starting quarterback. Got to go to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame will have their crap together by then too, Dave. So, yeah, good luck. Good times, good times, good times. All right, Steve, appreciate it, man. All right, Bob. All right, take take care. All right, that was Steve Hellwagon. Appreciate Steve and Patrick live from the Horseshoe. Appreciate Bill Curlick with his thoughts on recruiting. I'm going to wrap up the show now. Nothing else to say. We've said everything that needs to be said. Extremely disappointing day for the Buckeyes, as disappointing a day, one of the most disappointing days that I can remember um, following Ohio State football for as long as I, as I have, as a fan, as a student, as a reporter, as disappointing as I can remember right up there with 1996 and some of those other things where you're just like, you got to be kidding me. Um, but I'm still not ready to fire Ryan Day or anything that extreme, but I'm very, very, very disappointed Plenty of blame to go around. Jim Knowles needed to be better. Ryan Day needed to be better. 
the players needed to be better and the other assistant coaches need to be better. And as much as I hate to say this, give some respect to Michigan. They outcoached and outplayed Ohio State. They did. They did. And uh, kudos to them. I talked crap all offseason saying Ohio State was going to take it to Michigan, and I was wrong. Michigan took it to Ohio State here in Columbus. So it happened. All right. Well, thank you for joining me on the show. I appreciate Bill Kurlick. I appreciate Steve Helweg and Patrick Murphy for joining me. I appreciate all of you for tuning in for this somber edition of What We Learned Live. Uh, again, appreciate all of you. Um, hope everyone has somehow a, a great rest of your weekend. I know if you're a Michigan fan, you'll have a great rest of your weekend. If you're an Ohio State fan, probably not so much. But enjoy maybe what's left of your turkey. Um, and maybe the Buckeyes will get them next year. We'll see. Thanks again for joining me. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.